Hey, this is Pastor Jeff Workmeister of Elevate Church, and welcome to our podcast. I want to thank you for listening today. I hope this inspires you, encourages you, and builds your faith. Enjoy the podcast. All right, you guys ready? All right, come on, let's do this. Now listen, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to warn you in advance, all right? I'm in one this morning, right? I woke up and like this, I just felt God's presence. Like I just knew he was here and I know he's gonna do something amazing this morning. So I'm ready to get into this and I want you guys to be with me, okay? Listen, I wanna show you a picture real quick. Uh, Can they put that first picture up? All right, now this, how many of you were here during the days when Elevate was at the Edge Teen Center? All right, raise your hand. Okay, some of you. All right, listen. This is when Megan and I first came to the church. So this was kind of my first impression of Elevate Church, all right? And I came here, we were over at the edge. It's not far from here. It was probably the end of 2016 or maybe the beginning of 2017. We came over here. And I remember the first thing in my mind that I was thinking is, wow, this is a really young church. Like that was my first impression, right? I was kind of like the old guy uh, then, right? I was looking around and there's like a bunch of 20s and a bunch of young families, And I love hearing stories from that time, right? About little different things that happen and people who would come, right? Because there's all these different stories. Like Pastor Adam was telling me yesterday about this guy who used to come and he would sit in the very front row, all right? And he would get up like during Pastor Jeff's message and he would go get coffee. Now here's what you gotta remember is the coffee bar is like 20 feet away from the stage, all right? So middle of the message, he like get up and like go over. He's just making a cup of coffee and kind of looking around and then goes and sits back down. And he said that one time during one of the messages, Pastor Jeff was up there preaching and he was talking about marriages, right? And how you need transparency in marriages and how he and Pastor Jess share each other's password. And I guess this guy like from the front row was like doing this big thumbs down. He was like, boo, boo. Like I love hearing crazy stories of just an early church getting started, right? Because A lot of people are coming who are from different backgrounds and different denominations. And some people have never been a part of anything like this before. Some people have no religious background at all. And so we want that, right? They're coming in, they're learning about Jesus, their lives are being transformed by the power of God. But let me tell you something that I notice today in Elevate, okay? I notice that we are becoming a more mature church, all right? Now, I'm not just talking about the demographic in here. I'm talking about our spiritual maturity, okay? And there are a bunch of different ways that you can see that, but one of the ways is that we're we're beginning to become a church who is all about serving each other, okay? See, it's one thing to come in here, and this is good, right? The presence of God is good, and we come in here week after week, and Pastor Jeff has got something great for us, and he delivers it to us, and we're going home, and we're thinking about it. But it's another thing when we come in here and we're beginning to serve one another, right? And we're beginning to serve the people that are, that are outside of this church. So Pastor Jeff, for the last couple of weeks, he's been talking about some of the wins that Elevate has. And I wanna put a couple of those up there very quickly, okay? A couple of those slides. Okay, here's the first one. 480 people in groups this year going deeper in their faith. Amen? Go to the next one. 684 people, new people, visited Elevate Church in 2022. All right, now listen, this next one's my favorite. Uh, Sorry, go to the next one. That's that's a good one too, but go to the next one. 
No, not that one. Yeah, okay, right there. 70, now go back to baptism. 75 people were baptized this year at Elevate. I'm sorry, I didn't make that super clear. All right, I don't even know which one's next, but go ahead and go to it. 20 baby dedications, go to the next one. 170 people in the night. Raise your hand if you're in the 90-day New Testament plan. All right, go to the next one. $110,000 given to world missions. And listen, I'm hearing stories all around the church of different things that are going on. Like, let me brag on somebody just real quick. First of all, Matt Prince. Matt, would you raise your hand? Listen, you guys may not know this guy, but he is a, he is a rock. He is a pillar in this church. Okay, and for the last year and a half, He's been meeting a group of guys over at Panera in Voice of America at what, 6.30 in the morning, right? They meet at 6.30. Well, this last week they were over there and Jeanette texted me this story. This last week they were over there and one of the employees came up to you guys and she was like, hey, I just wanna tell you, we love it when you're here because it just feels different in here. Like there's just something different. See, she don't know what that is, but that's the spirit of God working on her right? They had two chairs. They had two extra chairs, and I guess a couple of people didn't show up, and so he got rid of one of the chairs and left one of them there. And a lady came over while they were meeting, and she said, hey, I heard you guys talking about Jesus, and I want to know, can you pray for me? And for the next 15 minutes, they prayed with her and shared the gospel of Jesus Christ with her. This last pastor's Pastor Adam and Pastor Marissa, they sent a text. So Sunday night, when you were doing whatever you were doing, the youth were back here learning about Jesus. All right, and, and here's what the text said. We taught on the Holy Spirit and laid hands and prayed over, prayed over the students. The Lord had words that Marissa and I shared and students were praying over the other students. We play that video real quick. She will follow your path, Lord, that she will just... <laughs> Go wherever she is led to be, Lord, and that she will not keep, or she will keep your eyes on, keep her eyes on yes. you, God, Lord, and that nobody else, Lord, just like Pastor Marissa said, Lord, I pray that she is on this earth for a reason, Lord, and that people are created for their purpose, Lord, and that I think Lexi is going to live out her purpose, Lord, and that she will just... So here's, here's what the rest of that text said. I'm sorry, I know that was a, a, a video. Like it wasn't edited or anything. That's just, that's just real life and what it was. Here's what the rest of that text said. It said, such a powerful night, just so grateful for what God is doing through the, moment, through the students of Momentum. God is up to something big and we can feel it. Isn't that amazing? So listen, here's what Pastor Jeff has asked us, okay? He's asked us four things. We're gonna to come together here in just a few weeks and, and we're gonna give it, we're gonna to come together for Legacy Sunday. I'll talk more about that in just a second. Here's what he said. He said, number one, if you're not a giver, will you trust God with 5%? Okay, that's, that was the first ask. He said, if you are a giver, will you trust God to tithe and give him 10%? All right, then the third one, he said, if you're a tither, Will you consider giving to the building fund? Because we still got the building fund. We're still going. We're going to need a new place. We're going to three services in January. That's a next step. But, but we're looking on beyond that, okay? And then number four, on December 4th. Look, everybody say December 4th. If you don't come to one more service for the end of the year, please be here on December 4th. 
This is going to be an amazing time. We're going to have Legacy Sunday. We're going to take up an offering. Our goal is to raise $50,000 for some much-needed repairs, for some tech that we have around here, for some of the operations that we have. I can show anybody what that money's going to, but that's the goal. We want to raise $50,000 on December 4th. And listen, we're going to keep pushing. You know, when he was up here the other day and he said, look, I'm, I'm on point. I'm on mission. Right? And nothing is ever going to stop. We're going to keep pushing and pushing and pushing and pushing and pushing until Jesus comes back because there's a lost world out there that needs so desperately to hear this message. Amen? All right, so we're going to read two passages of Scripture this morning. We're going to read two passages of Scripture that help us to receive and help us to give. The Bible says that faith without works is, is dead, right? It's just like taking in oxygen, right? If we come in here every single week and we're breathing it in, breathing it in, breathing it in, but we're not doing anything with it, we're not expelling that, we're not giving back, it's no good for us. And the Bible says that faith without works is dead. So we come in, we receive, and we wanna give out to this entire world around us. We're gonna read here in Philippians chapter two in just a moment. Uh, Hey, can you get real loud for Ray and the band and everybody up here that works so hard? every week to take us into the presence of God. All right, we're gonna start in Philippians chapter two. If you have your Bible, if you have uh, it on your phone, something to take notes with, go ahead and pull that out. We're gonna read in Philippians chapter two. We're gonna start in verse five. Then here in a minute, we're gonna read in Acts chapter 14, okay? So Philippians 2, five, they can put that up on the screen. It says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Okay, look at somebody next to you and say, take on, come on, say it with me, say, take on the mind of Christ. All right, verse six, who being in the form of God did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation. This is just a fancy way of saying, look, he was king in heaven and he came down to be among us. He, uh, he, he made himself of no reputation, taking on the form of a bondservant And coming in the likeness of men and being found in the appearance of a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. All right, so here's what the Apostle Paul is saying here. He's saying we need to take on the mind of Christ. And why do we need to take on the mind of Christ? Well, let me ask you a a real important question. When you come up against the most difficult situations in your life, the most difficult circumstances, Who would you rather have taking care of those situations, you or Jesus? Jesus, right? It seems like, this feels like a no-brainer. But here's the thing, when we get in those situations so many times, like we're, we're tempted to rely on our own intellect, on our own knowledge, on our own mind and our will. So this is exactly why we do things like the 90 days in the New Testament. This is exactly why we do the DNA class online because we're trying to move in to a new area of spiritual maturity and take on the mind of Christ, amen? The Bible says this, that his ways are higher than my ways, right? His thoughts are above mine and not just a little bit above, Like his thoughts are way above mine. Like he don't even think on the same level that I do. Like I may think I've got this whole world figured out, but when I come up against one of those difficult situations, I know for sure that I don't, right? And so he says, here's what you gotta do. He says, you gotta put others above yourself. You gotta humble yourself. You gotta take on the mind of Christ. And Jesus, even even as our example here, it says that even he was obedient. 
right? So, so like, what was Jesus obedient to? He's obedient to God, right? He was obedient to the scriptures. He was obedient to the Holy Spirit who was speaking in and through him. And there's another passage in Hebrews that says he was obedient through the things that he suffered. Do you know that's the number one problem and question that people who are non-believers grapple with is suffering? Like, I just had a phone call this last week. Like, like why, is there, why is there suffering in the world? Right? Why do, why do bad things happen to good people? I want to show you a picture real quick, okay? If they can put up the pictures of ManFest. How many of you guys were at ManFest this last year? All right, raise your hand if you were at ManFest. Okay, listen, if you weren't there, please be, we're getting ready to launch the dates for all of 2023. We're gonna put everything out there. So if you weren't at ManFest, please sign up for ManFest 2023. It was a great time. All right, we, we had a lot of fun. You can go through those pictures. You can show a couple of them. We had a good time. But listen, let me give you a little backstory of what happened with Ryan during ManFest, okay? So it was like three nights before ManFest, and I slept wrong on like my neck and my shoulder, and I woke up, and I was just super stiff, and I couldn't hardly turn my neck this way, and I was in a whole lot of pain, and I didn't know what was going on, so I talked, talked with Megan, and she's like, hey, you need to go to the doctor about this, and like, it's kind of embarrassing, right, because you go to the doctor, and like, what do you, there's no good story to tell. I'm like, I, I, I uh, you know, had a sleeping injury. Like, what do, you know, what do you say to the doctor? Like, I, I was getting old. Like, I was resting too aggressively. I don't know. But so I go into the doctor, and he, he puts me on a little, bit of, uh, a little bit of medication. And so I'm thinking, like, okay, it's going to be fine. It's going to get better. And listen, first of all, for all you guys out there who are married, listen to your wives, all right? Just... Let me give you a PSA. Just listen to your wives. All right, I listen to my wife like 90% of the time, but then there's like that 10% where something in my man brain just like presses through and I'm like, nah, it's gonna be fine, right? And so she tells me, she's like, hey, you probably shouldn't go on this whitewater rafting trip with the guys with, with your neck and your shoulder like this. And that was my exact reaction. I'm like, it'll be fine. I'm sure it'll work itself out, right? So, yeah, that's true, that is true. This is what you have to look forward to in your 40s, right? All of you young, young'uns in here, like you, you have sleeping injuries. <laughs> All right, so, so we get down to ManFest, and a lot of the, the guys on the staff, we go down early and we're setting some stuff up, right? And I'm looking around the cabin. And I go downstairs, and there it is, like a beacon of light. There's a ping pong table down there. All right. Now, listen, if you don't know anything about the staff here at Elevate, there are some aggressive people on staff. Okay. If you ask Pastor Jeff who the best ping pong player on the staff is, he's going to say Pastor Jeff. That's a lie. Okay. That's a lie right now. All right. If you ask Pastor Matt who the best ping pong player is, he's going to say Pastor, Pastor Matt, right? False, right? False, false information. Okay. I'm the best ping pong player on staff, all right? Yeah. However, 
during this night, I don't want to blame it on anything, but I had a little bit of injury. So I'm down there and we're playing ping pong, right? And I'm literally, I'm trying to keep this arm immobile, okay? And I'm like holding on to my shirt and I'm, I'm trying to play ping pong like the best I can without moving this, this arm around, okay? And then, I'm glad you're here, Brian, because then Brian, R- Brian, raise your hand. Brian Hazen comes down the stairs, right? He arrives, and I'm like, hey, Brian, you ever, you ever play, you know, do you like to play ping pong? And he gives some kind of like coy answer. He was like, yeah, I play a little or something like that. And so I'm like, okay, well, here, grab a paddle, right? And as soon as I said that, like these lasers in his eyes turn on, okay? And he comes over there, and he's doing crap. Like, I'm, I, I didn't even know, this is like another level of ping pong. Like, he's utterly destroying me, Okay. And I'm like, I hate Brian Hazen. I didn't know him well before this trip, but I hate him now, okay? <laughs> so, so what'll make this whole scenario? So, so by the time I go to bed that night, my arm and my neck are like really hurting bad, okay? And I'm like, well, I'm sure rafting will make it better. So the next day, I go ahead and go on the rafting trip, right? And we're going down the, the river. And at one point, we had this guy, I'm not even gonna get into that story, sorry. We had this crazy guy who was, who was leading our boat. Damien was in our boat. You, you know who, who Kevin was, right? We're going down the, 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 the rapids, and Kevin gets us in this, like, I don't know what you call it, like a swell or something, and half of our boat tips over, and me and Damien and Aaron Young are, like, grappling with each other underwater, like, just trying to, trying to we're, we're going downstream. I think when we got up, I had the end of my oar in Damien's chin strap on his helmet, and I'm, like, pulling him underwater, like, trying to get up, like, we're half drowned, right? So by the time we get done with this, we go back, and I get in bed that night, and my arm, my everything's just like in severe pain. Like I'm not in a good place, right? So I'm praying. I'm like, God, why don't you just touch my arm? Like, why don't, why don't you just, you know, heal my neck? Like, and and here's the here's the big thing. So I came back home, and we were going on vacation a month after that. So I was like, look, as long as I'm good in a month, it's all good. So I came back, I went to the doctor again. I'm like, eh, I kind of went on a rafting trip and I didn't, didn't do any good things for my, for my neck and my shoulder. And he ends up prescribing physical therapy to me and he, he puts me on some more pain meds, right? So I'm strong, listen, we're doing the 90 day through the Bible, right? Okay, and you guys are seeing these videos that come out from the staff, right? And we're like talking through it. I'm not gonna vouch for anything when you get to Revelation, all right? Because they're filming me during Revelation and I'm on a lot of medication at this point, right? And medication, and, and look, Revelation is weird anyway, right? And, and so, so I, look, I'm just not gonna vouch for anything. When you see that video come out, if it's totally whack, just be like, nah, it's, it's okay. And so, so, so we go on vacation a month from then, right? And I'm doing a little bit better, but I'm still hurting quite a bit, all right? This wasn't just any vacation. This was the big one. We were going to Disney, okay? So we get down there. We're going to Disney, and we're walking through the parks, and every day was a little bit different. Like, there were ebbs and flows, and one day is good, and one day is kind of bad. Well, this one day, we're going through Magic Kingdom, and it's not a good day, right? It's a very, very bad day. And I'm in pain, and I'm walking, and it's hot there, right? And I'm walking through, and look, if they did this once, they did it like five times to me, all right? I didn't know this, but there's a parade or a dance like every 14 seconds at Disney, okay? 
And so I'm walking, like I would be walking, literally this happened, I know at least five times. I'm walking like somewhere and somebody jumps in front of me with like a little rope and they're like, we're sorry, friend. Can you, can you just walk around here? And like to walk to the place you were going, it was like 10 steps and you gotta like walk like four miles to get around them, okay? And so this happens at this one point. I wanna show this video because this is what's going on at Disney. Now look, you know how you can tell when you're irritated, but like you don't want anybody else to know you're irritated. Like you're trying to have a good time and like put a smile on your face, right? Well, I knew that I was irritated. And when these when they put that little rope in front of me and they started this dance right here, like I just wasn't happy, okay? I was, that dude in the boots in the front, I just didn't like him, right? Immediately, didn't like this guy. So we're at Disney and I'm walking all around and I'm in pain and we get back to the hotel that night, okay? And I'm laying in bed and everybody else is asleep and I can't sleep because I'm in pain. And I'll be honest, I'm kind of having like a little pity party for myself. Like I'm feeling like, God, why won't you, you know, why won't you touch my arm? And like, you know, I'm in pain here and I'm, I'm, I'm on vacation with my family, right? So I open up the Bible and I read this scripture that I'm gonna read to you, okay? It was in Acts chapter 14, it starts in verse one. And look, let me just set the background here, what's going on. So Jesus has come, he has been crucified, he is raised from the dead, and he empowers what we now call the early church with the Holy Spirit. Okay, and so they're walking around and they're doing miracles, they're doing all kinds of amazing, great things. All right, and so in 14 verse one, it says the same, oh, by the way, Paul is going to these three places, okay? Lyconium, Lystra, and Derby. Okay, and it says, the same thing happened in Iconium. Paul and Barnabas went to the Jewish synagogue and they preached with such power that a great number of Jews and Greeks became believers. Some of the Jews, however, spurned God's message and poisoned the minds of the Gentiles against Paul and Barnabas. While they were at Lystra, Paul and Barnabas came upon a man with crippled feet. And he had been that way from birth. So he had never walked. And he was sitting and listening as Paul preached, and looking straight at him, Paul realized he had faith to be healed. So Paul called in a loud voice, and he said, stand up, and the man jumped to his feet and started walking. And we're gonna skip down to verse 19. Then some of the Jews arrived from Antioch and Iconium and won the crowds to their side, and they stoned Paul and dragged him out of town, thinking that he was dead. All right, so first of all, the fact that I've read this a lot of times and never given a whole lot of thought that they stoned him, like they threw, they, like a stoning, like they throw rocks at you until you stop moving, right? That's what they did to this guy, okay? And I'm kind of laying in bed and I'm having a slow pity party, like, because I'm on vacation and my, my, my arm is hurting and my neck is hurting and it was like serious pain, right? But I'm reading this and I'm like, God, this guy 
this guy went through this for you. Like, for, like to, to proclaim your message, he, he is abused like this. See, here's the thing. God never promised us that this life would be easy, first of all, okay? I think we think that a lot of times. Like when we come to Jesus, like everything after that is gonna be like rainbows and, and clouds, right? But, but it isn't that way. And in fact, he said that a lot, of, a lot of things, once you choose this path, are even gonna get harder. See, here's the thing. The victorious life that Jesus promised, it isn't measured when things are easy. It's achieved when we are able to take on the mind of Christ in the middle of adversity, right? That's where the victorious life comes from. And we see that all throughout church history, okay? So I'm gonna give you an example. When I was 21 years old, I read a book called God Smuggler, and uh, it completely changed my life. It was all about what God was doing behind the Iron Curtain before communism fell in Europe and, and, and through, the, through the underground church. Okay, and it opened my mind up. It opened my heart up. I kind of went down this path for a lot of years to study about the persecuted church, okay? So you may be in here and you may not even know what the persecuted church is, right? But there are pockets of believers. There are pockets of the church all around the world who are somehow mistreated or persecuted for their faith in Jesus Christ. And that can look a bunch of different ways, right? They could be disowned from their family. Or maybe when they become a Christian, they can't find a job anymore. Okay? Or, or maybe they're imprisoned for preaching the gospel, or maybe they're executed. And this happens way more often than we like to admit it, than, 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 than we realize. Here's what I didn't realize, is that two-thirds of the world's population is somehow persecuted for their faith in Jesus. Two-thirds. So that means you and I, who are, who are sitting in here this morning, and we're praising God, and we're worshiping, and there's air condition and heat, and we have no fear of reprisal for speaking the message of God, that means we're the minority, right? There's a whole body of believers out there who are suffering for doing the very same thing that we're doing this morning. See, this was the question that I had the hardest time wrapping my mind around when I started learning about this, is why is there persecution? Like, why would anybody care what I believe, right? This is my personal belief. Well, I'm gonna tell you why. Because once you truly meet Jesus, once you truly take on the mind of Christ, nothing else can control you. See, listen, I have some pretty strong political beliefs. You know what's stronger than those political beliefs? Jesus. Sometimes I get around my family or friends at the holidays, and sometimes we have some conversations that are contentious, and I want to say something. You know what stops me from saying something? Jesus. Sometimes I want to get on social media and like go off about my opinion or what I feel about the world or what I think about current situations. You know what stops me a lot of times? Jesus. Because when you take on the mind of Christ, it trumps everything else. Right? And so that's why we're doing what we're doing. I, sometimes I serve when I don't want to serve. Sometimes I give when I don't want to give. But here's what I'm doing, just like Jesus did. I'm learning obedience. I'm learning obedience through the things that I go through. And I'm learning to take on the mind of Christ. All right, in 2 uh, Timothy chapter 2, you don't have to turn there. I'm just going to read the scripture. You can look at it on the screen if you want to. Uh, 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 3. It says, endure hardness. This version up here says, endure suffering. Endure hardness along with me as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. 
Now listen, we're called a lot of things in the Bible, okay? We're called brothers and sisters with Christ. We're called sons and daughters of God. We're called friends of God. But here he's saying, as a soldier, endure hardness with me as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. You know, sometimes before service, like I'll be out in the foyer and sometimes you'll see me gravitating to like some older people, people who are older than I am, right? And I like to have conversations sometimes because he, here's why. Because sometimes I just need to talk to somebody who's been through some stuff, right? Sometimes I need to talk to somebody who's held on to the faith as they've, that, listen, we are a, we're, we're a younger church, right? And we've got lights and we've got music and we're kind of geared towards young families. But I wanna, I wanna say something to all of the senior saints in here, all right? We love you and we need you. Like, I need you. Sometimes I just need somebody with a little grit, right? Somebody who's been through some stuff. Somebody who's had some trials and some tribulations, but they've known how to take on the mind of Christ in the middle of adversity, because see, here's the thing. I like, I like it easy, right? I like the easy life. Let me show you a picture real quick, okay? Put up that picture of my garage. Okay, now you may not think this is a big deal, okay? But there are two cars parked in my garage. Now look, you're one of two types of people, right? You either got your cars parked in your garage or you got a bunch of stuff in your garage and you got your cars parked in your driveway, all right? There's no shame in that. Look, I've been, I've been both places in my life, okay? But, but let me tell you why it's important. I fight to keep my cars, look, stuff just appears all the time in my garage. I'll run it over, I don't care. Like I'm parking the cars in the garage, okay? And let me tell you why, okay? Show the next picture. All right, so this, so this is a picture of when we used to live in Brazil, okay? So we lived in Brazil for four years and let me tell you what it's like to go to the grocery uh, in Brazil, okay? It's a really difficult process, okay? You go in there and you're gonna wait for a long time to get all your stuff and then you're gonna wait for a long time in line and then you're gonna come home after that. And, 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 and so we lived on the 14th floor of this apartment building. This is where I took this picture, right? And so you'd park out in the parking lot Okay, and you're strapping like as many groceries as you can, the little bags, and they're like cutting off the circulation on your arm, okay? And you're walking up to your door and you gotta take them, you know, take them up the elevator. They had a little cart there, okay? So you could actually take the cart from the apartment building and take it out to your car and like load up your car. And look, look when it's raining, when it's dumping rain in Brazil, like this is a miserable process, okay? And then to top it all off, like our power would go out like, all this, like once a week, right? So we, if we hit it just right, we would come home when the power was out. So you get to take all those bags up 14 flights of stairs in the dark, right? So when I can go into my garage and like I just press this little button and my trunk opens up and I take the little bags and I put them inside and I walk into my area. Look, it's just easy, right? And here's what this whole process in Brazil did for me. It showed me that the whole world doesn't live like I live. Right, there's babies down there that if we didn't take care of them, like there, there's kids who came through our organization who'd never used a fork before, right? Who, who we had to give, who we had to assign birthdays to because somebody just dropped them off somewhere, right? We made up their birthdays. You know, when I was going through this whole thing with my arm, I told my wife something. I said, for the first time in my life, I understand why people get addicted to pain medication. Because I'd have done about anything to get out of that pain. Right? The whole world isn't 
isn't, isn't living like I live. And sometimes like we gotta remind ourselves of that, right? Like I know some of you have gone through some really difficult situations this year. In fact, I've had conversations with a couple of you this week. that you've been through some really hard things. Okay, and what he's saying here in this scripture is he's saying endure. He's saying hold fast, hold on to your faith, have hope, take on the mind of Christ, don't give up, don't quit. There's this pastor that I read years ago named Pastor Richard Wombrand. And he was born in Romania and he did all of this work in, in Europe when, when communism was, was rampant there. And he was going around and he was preaching the gospel and he was put in prison for preaching the gospel. And he was put in prison for 14 years. Like 14 years. And this wasn't like an American prison as bad as that. Like he was in an underground, he was in a cave. He was 30 feet underground. And he tells this story. He tells about like different, uh, different periods of this, right? And he, and he tells one where he was, they were handcuffed like during the day and they were made to sit Indian style, okay? On, on the floor. And, and they, would, they would brainwash them for 17 hours a day. He had to hear, communism is good. Communism is good. Communism is good. Jesus is dead. Jesus is dead. Jesus is dead. Nobody believes in God. Nobody believes in God. Christianity is stupid. He had to hear, he had to endure this for 17 hours a day. And he goes on and he tells this story about how for this long period of time, for 14 years, he said, I never saw a color. And I love to read this whole thing. It, he, he talks about how he forgot that blue and pink, he, he never saw a child or a lady or a tree or grass for 14 years. But he said, you know, I knew that God was with me through that suffering. I knew that God was with me through that experience. And he tells this story about one night where he was just, he was at the end in his mind. And he asked God to touch him. And here's what happened. God's spirit came into that cave. And you can believe this or, or, or not. This is what he writes, that God's spirit came into that cave. And, and this is what he says. He says, at once the walls of the cell began to shine like diamonds. He said, I've heard. I've heard Bach, I've heard Beethoven in my life. I've seen California, I've seen Naples, I've seen many beautiful things, but never had I seen the beauties which I had seen in the dark cell beneath the earth. Never had I heard such beautiful music as on that day. The King of Kings, Jesus was with us. We saw his understanding in his loving eyes. He wiped away the tears from our eyes. He said to us words of love and words of forgiveness. And we knew that everything which had been evil in our lives had passed away and they'd been forgotten by God. And now there came wonderful days because the bride was in the arms of the bridegroom. See, listen, Jesus understands suffering. Jesus came and he was beaten and he was mocked and he was betrayed and he was executed in one of the cruelest manners possible by the very people that he came to help. And so I'm down here at Disney, right? I know that was a long, uh, and I'm, I'm laying in the bed and I'm reading this story about Paul being stoned. And here's the verse that got me. Okay. Put this verse up there. Verse 20. It says, but as the believers gathered around him, he got up and went back into the town. And the next day, he left with Barnabas for Derby. The next day? 
Like, look, if I, if I put myself in this story, you know what I'm not doing the next day? I'm not going somewhere else to preach the same message that just had me in this horrible situation. It says the next day he gets up and he goes to keep on preaching and keep on working and keep on moving and keep on pressing toward the high mark of the calling of Jesus Christ. And listen, here's the part that I love the most. It says, as the believers gathered around him. Listen, do you know why it's so important to do this? Like to do what we're doing right now, to have, to have church. Listen, I know, look, there are friends of mine who have just, hey, you know what? I'm gonna, I, I'm gonna, they, they've left their church. I'm just gonna watch online or I'm gonna, you know, do a Bible study with my family or whatever that looks like. And listen, I know it's, there are a lot of people railing against the American church. Can I just give you a loving pastoral bit of counsel this morning? Don't talk about the bride of Jesus, okay? Don't talk about his bride. Like, this is the church. And look, I know it's got its problems. Every church has its problems. Elevate has its problems. You know why Elevate has its problems? Because I'm here and I got problems. And there are days I have good days, and there are days I have bad days. And there are days I say really good stuff, and there are days I say pretty stupid stuff, right? And there are days that people love me, and there are days that I offend people, right? Because that's what this thing is. Sometimes it's messy, and sometimes it's good. Sometimes we're up, sometimes we're down. But here's what he's saying. Paul says, endure. He says, I've been beaten more times than I can count. I've faced death time and time again. I've been stoned, I've been shipwrecked. But through all of this stuff, every time the Spirit of God comes and he says one thing, my grace is sufficient for you, and in your weakness, my strength is made perfect. There's some of you in here who hate your job right now. I know that. You just, you, you, you're, you're dreading tomorrow morning. You're, dr you're dreading getting up and going to work. There's some of you who are in trouble with your family. The divorce word has maybe come out. You've been having some hard conversations. There's some of you who don't know what to do with your kids right now. I know that. I know that situations are tough. He's saying, don't give up. Endure, hold fast. Hold fast, refuse to quit. Because you know what happens when you refuse to quit? You know what happens when you take on the mind of Christ and you refuse to quit? I'm gonna show, I'm gonna show one more set of pictures here. Can you put Fernando up, that first one? All right, this, this was me and my little buddy, Fernando. Okay, this was in 2006 when I first moved there. 2005, maybe, I don't, the end of it, I don't know. And this little guy, let me just tell you something about him. He had the brightest spirit, like immediately I was drawn to him. He, he contracted uh, uh, meningitis when he was a baby and his legs were deformed. And so like today he's, you know, 20, I don't know how old he is, 20 something, yeah. Anyway, he stands, stands about right here because his legs are deformed. We actually brought him to the States one time to, to see if we could do, have surgery, you know, done on his legs. And he was left in a, in a shack and it caught on fire. And so he's got, these, he's got these little scars on his face. But this is the brightest kid. And just, we knew immediately, like, like I just knew I was gonna be pouring into Fernando. And I took him, I took him every Friday to, to physical therapy. And listen, Megan, May, go, go to those next pictures. Megan found out that he had a little voice in him, right? And so she starts teaching him like, like music and starts teaching him to sing. Right? And he, he starts playing in the, in the youth band at his church, right? And he, the Spirit of God starts gripping him. Now listen, 
we went through some hard stuff down there, right? Some of you know the stories. We, we were robbed. We had a kidnapping threat on, on. This guy had a gun to my head one time and told me he was gonna kill. Like there were times that I wanted to pack it all up and go home. And I heard the voice of Jesus every time saying, don't quit, keep pressing, keep going. My grace is sufficient for you. My, my strength is made perfect in your weakness. Don't quit, take on the mind of Christ. Humble yourself, do what I would do. Take on my thoughts, because Ryan, you can't trust your own thoughts and you can't trust your own emotions. You gotta take on my thoughts, that's what he was saying. And you know, today, go to the next picture. Now listen, we were down there, we went down there last year and we had a real tight schedule and we were just running around, you know, from place to place. And Fernando was trying to meet up with us, right? And he's got his own family now. This is his wife right here, right? He was trying to meet, and, and so he calls us the last night. We're on our way to the, to the airport to come back to the United States. And our, we're running late for our flight and everything. Fernando gets in his car and he drives for an hour to see us for what, babe, five minutes? In, 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 the, in the parking garage of the airport. And he's just thanking us. And you know what? We didn't do anything. The only thing we did was surrender to Jesus. Fernando's got a baby now. Go to, the, go to the next picture. This is Fernando's baby. And you know what? This kid is gonna grow up in a faith-filled family. This kid is gonna be a follower of Jesus Christ just because, just because Jesus said, don't give up. And listen, I, please believe me, I am not the hero in this story. I, I, how many nights did we talk? I, I was, there, there was stuff I was sick of. I was, it, it was hard down there. But Jesus said, keep on, don't give up. Take on the mind of Christ. Trust me when you can't trust in yourself. And listen, that's my message for somebody this morning is don't give up, all right? You're in here this morning. You're going through some difficult things. You're going through some hard things. Listen, God has a plan and a purpose for you. I'm gonna tell you something. You may think that you have gotten off the beaten path. You may think he had a direction for you and you got somewhere sidetracked and, and you don't know how you got out here and you're wondering how you're gonna get back. Listen, he's never forgotten about you. You're on his radar. He knows exactly where you are. He said he knows the end from the beginning. He knows exactly the path he has you on. And there are people that he's gonna put in your path that you're gonna be able to minister to that I never could, that Pastor Jeff never could, right? He's gonna put those people in your path for his glory and for his namesake. Because listen, this is just a blip down here. It's just a tiny little blip of time. We're gonna be in eternity. We're gonna be there for all of eternity. And he, we're gonna show up at the throne and it says that the elders are gonna cast their crowns down at him, right? He's gonna, he's gonna give crowns and he's gonna give rewards. And there's, there's gonna be, it's gonna be a great day, but he says that the elders just cast their crowns down at him. And I don't know what it's gonna look like on that day, but if I have free will and I'm able to just do whatever I wanna do, I'm gonna point straight to Jesus and I'm gonna be, I'm, I'm just gonna say, it's Jesus. Like, it's only Jesus. It was always Jesus. It's always gonna be Jesus. Jesus is the only reason that I'm here. Jesus is the only reason I ever did anything good because I was able to take on the mind of Christ. Amen, would you stand with me this morning? All right, listen, we're gonna do something real different here, okay? I know this is gonna be different, all right? So just get flexible for a second and hang with me, okay? The first thing I'm gonna do is I'm gonna encourage anybody who would, okay? Will you put that first QR? code up there. 
Okay, any, no, uh, not that one. One before. Yep, that one. All right, anybody who can, listen, I'm gonna encourage you to scan this and just write a letter to somebody who is in the, we're gonna put our faith in action, right? You write a letter to somebody who is in prison because of their faith in Jesus Christ. All right, if you go to this website, they're gonna, they're gonna have all kinds of stories. They make it super simple for you, okay? They, they have the story there. They have the address of the prison. Megan and I have done this many, many, many times. They, they even have little phrases and like little scriptures that you can write in that language. And, and listen, for any of you who have objections and you say, look, I don't know that language. I don't know Chinese or Korean or whatever that looks like. Let me, let me tell you something. Somebody in that prison does, okay? And even if they don't give your letter to that inmate, you know what they, look, I read a story one time about this pastor in China who was in prison for his faith. And they, 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 they began, he was sleeping on the floor, a very cold floor, and they brought him a pillow one day. And then like a couple of weeks later, they brought him a little blanket. And then like a couple of weeks later, they brought him a mattress and they kept like increasing his level of care. And so they brought him in one day and they said, look, we're gonna release you. We know about your family in the United States. And of course, this person had no clue what they were talking about. They brought in a trash can full of letters that Americans had written in order, in order to bring international attention to this. See, Hebrews 13.3 says, remember your brothers and sisters who are in chains as if you were there with them. And I always try to think if I were in prison for my faith, like what would I want the great American church to do for me? All right, so that's number one. Number two, we're gonna put our faith in action by bringing it a little closer to home, okay? Put up that next QR code. Listen, there's a young lady in our church. Come on, is this okay? I know this is different. I know this is a different altar call at the end. Okay, there's a young lady in our church who's, who's in a really bad situation. She's in a really difficult situation, let me say that. She gave me permission to share this story. Okay, she has no family that, that she can depend on. She's raising her younger brother. There are people in this church who are working hard to secure an apartment for her, and that should be done early in December. Okay, but here's what we wanna do. We're gonna furnish this apartment for her, okay? So maybe you've got some furniture at home, okay? Maybe you've got a bed at home that her or her little brother could use, or maybe you've got some nightstands or a kitchen table or something like that. Okay, if you do, pull out your phone, scan this code, let us know what you have, and we're gonna make a way for you to be able to put your faith into action, for you to be able to deliver this and, and, and bless this young lady, okay? We don't do this a lot, but this is, a, this is a true need in the body. This is what becoming the body is all about. This is what the body of Christ is. All right, now here's the last thing we're gonna do, okay? We're gonna bring it real close to home. Okay, if you've been going through something that you say, look, we just need some prayer. Like, I, I don't know what to do. I'm in a really difficult situation. Maybe you got, maybe you got pain in your body. Maybe your family's going through a, a really tight spot. Maybe you're in, a, you're, you're in a bad situation with your marriage. Whatever it is, would you do me a favor? Would you just raise your hand and say, look, I want prayer. I want prayer this morning. I got my hand up. Okay, now listen, here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna pray for each other, okay? I want you to just grab hands with the person next to you. I 
I want you to squeeze that hand next to you because that's part of the body of Christ. All right, we're gonna speak faith and we're gonna speak life and we're gonna speak the mind of Christ over these people that are next to you, okay? Father, we thank you, Lord, for your Holy Spirit that's in here right now. And God, we're praying that you move from person to person. God, that you would move this morning because of our faith and because we're just coming to your throne and we're asking you for answers. God, we don't have the solutions. We don't have the solutions. We don't have the way to go. But you do. And so we're asking for the download this morning. We're asking for your plan this morning. You said that the steps of the righteous are ordered by God. So Lord, we're praying this morning for everybody who's got sickness in their body. Lord, we're asking you to touch them. Lord, for every single person who's coming here and, and their marriage is in trouble, God, we're asking you to touch them, Lord. We're asking you to resurrect things that can't be resurrected. We're asking you to open up a Red Sea that can't be opened, Lord. We're asking you to do miracles, Lord. We're asking you to make a way where there is no possible way, Father. We're asking for your spirit to come through and resurrect dead things, Lord. God, we thank you for the testimonies that are co gonna come out of this morning because we did one thing. We approached your throne in faith. Lord, we believed that you were gonna move and we thank you, God, that you are moving even now. And God, we're just gonna begin to thank you in advance. So here's what I want you to do. Just lift up your hands and we're just gonna thank him as if the answer were already here, okay? The Bible says to declare things and speak things into faith that are not as though they were. So we're just gonna begin to thank him and just begin to praise him and just begin to worship, just begin to go through that. Lord, just in your own way, just begin to worship the Holy Spirit, worship God and thank him for moving in your situation. Come on, lift up your hands. Now God, we ask you to bless your people, Lord. Make your face to shine on them today. Father, I pray that as they go out of here, Lord, you're gonna put people in their path that they're supposed to minister to and people in their path that are gonna minister them. God, I thank you, Lord, for blessing them. God, I thank you for keeping your Holy Spirit around them. Lord, I thank you that they're taking on the mind of Christ, Lord, that we're walking into a new level of spiritual maturity in the body of Christ, Lord. God, I thank you, Father, that you're giving them grace, Lord. I thank you for pouring out grace, Lord. And when they feel like they've had enough grace this week, well, I pray for more grace, Lord. I pray for grace upon grace, Lord. Just pour it out on them in every single area of their lives, God. We thank you for it. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Come on, can you give it up for Jesus?